Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of It's All About Perspective. I'm Abigail Peterson, and my co-host is... And I'm Robert Hinchliffe. And Abby, I have a question for you. All right, we're going to just jump was, right into this. Yeah, huh? let's do it. Sorry. I, I've been thinking about this one. I, have, uh, I was doing observation today, and afterward, I got to thinking. What would teachers do if they were scrutinized the way that nearly everybody else in the world is? So, for example... What if your lessons were played in front of thousands of people like uh, NFL or all of your stats were in the paper or online or people could go back and they could review lessons that you taught or there's some kind of a uh, thing that says how many kids you have grown over the years and you had like your whole career of data online, kind of like professionals or even probably lawyers. You could probably look that up. Or doctors, you can probably figure out malpractice lawsuits and things like that. Um, you know, what if what if teachers were scrutinized like that? Do you think they would be better, or do you think they would quit? Well, that's an interesting analogy situation you put in front of me. I would liken that to almost a Yelp review. Sure. <laughs> because sure. you have people that if you make them happy, they're going to give you a great review. If you have people that are upset at you, if you have people that don't like you, if you have people that you are upset in the moment are going to give you a bad review. And is that fair? So let's take a step further. So let's say like in, in sports, there's analytics and they, it takes all of the opinion out of it. And it's all based upon just analyzing your teaching or your outcomes. There's no outside influence at all. It's all just data that is black so and white. Where is this data coming from? I'm just making stuff up. Let's just say map just for fun. Cause we use okay. that in our County. Or in kindergarten, you could say uh, ESGI. Mm -hmm. But then somehow there is data about, um, let's say, I don't know, how many parents, uh, we do some kind of survey. You know, like we have all of this kind of stuff in there. I guess that would bring the opinion back into it. But what if we could come up with some kind of way to scrutinize teachers the way that professional athletes are scrutinized? I mean, they can make millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. Would you would you be willing to get paid five million dollars a year, but you have the scrutiny of a professional athlete? Well, I think the quick answer would be yes, of course. I you know I I I would be willing to do that. But here's where I think an interesting here's a, here's a little tidbit that I think would would make this worthwhile is if everybody was on the same playing field. Because when you have athletes, you know, and I don't know really anything about, I don't know anything about sports at all. So, but I can imagine just because I'm a human and I do see things that so-and-so has so many touchdowns or so many tackles or so many, so it's an exact science, but it goes along for everybody. Doesn't matter Kinda. if you're playing for the Dolphins. Doesn't matter if you're playing for Kinda. the Chargers. Oh, okay. Kinda, do, because, do, do tell. Because because they, don't, they don't play the same people 
all year long. So the Raiders are not going to play the exact same teams as the Dolphins. So it's not really apples to apples. So let's just say we have some way to compare you to every kindergarten teacher across the country. That was fair. Would you be willing? Okay. Well, let me just back up just so I have clarification on this. So are you telling me that when they give stats on a player, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I will admit that I'm ignorant in this area, sure. but if you have a baseball player and I read the stats on it, isn't that just specifically his stats? And then every player has their stats. So they so have, there's a same that's kind of comparable to everybody else though. So okay. they say that it's called a war or a wins above replacement or, um, you know, certain other ways that they measure metrics, um, OPS in baseball, they can measure you and compare you using stats to Mm -hmm. all of the other people in your position or in your field, so to speak. So for example, you can, it ranks all the shortstops Mm -hmm. by a war or an OPS or whatever, based upon their stats and and it kind of says who is best and it's not by it's not by perception from the public you can hit all the home runs you want but if you bat 150 you're not the best so again there's a way they figured out with analytics to kind of make everybody on an even playing field so if you could be on an even playing field with every other kindergarten teacher but you had the scrutiny of a professional athlete would you do it no. All of your lessons are on TV. No. And I'll tell you why. The more I think about it, there's too there's too many outside factors that can 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 contribute to a teacher's success or non-success. So that's what I think is y- you can have a year like 2020 where it starts out great and then ends with distance learning where nobody knows what the right hand, what the right hand and the left hand are doing. And and there's too many outside factors. We have that with maps where it looks across the district and says, okay, in comparison to other kindergarten teachers or other kindergarten classrooms, you are at this percentage. So we, we technically have something similar to that, but I think there's too many outside factors that, that can affect that I don't have control over. We've talked about this before. I don't have control over a child's attendance. As much as we think and we incentivize, we do not. A child cannot force their parent to drive them to school if they, you know, on time. Or So as much as we think that we we can have an effect on, we, we can't. You know, I can't force a child to practice a skill outside of the day. We might incentivize, we might encourage, we might, in the older, in the older grades, I mean, I know that we're, you're rewarding them and you're, you know, having parties for, for AR and you're, and, and they're independently doing that because behind the scenes, you're really encouraging that, but I can't control what actually happens when they go home. So now I'm going to be penalized because it's something that I can't, I can't control. What if we were able to take those factors away? So for example, you get, um, I don't know, your your attendance rate somehow factors in there so that it doesn't count against you. Like someone someone really smart with statistics okay. could find a way to take that apart or they can give you 
quote unquote bonus points for working uh, in a low SES neighborhood or things like that. They could somehow figure it out. Would you, as a teacher, want that scrutiny, but you would get a ton more money? Like everything was on I, a level playing well, field. I'm speaking for myself, and I think that I could handle it. I think that I could. I think I'd be willing to try it. I think I'd be willing to attempt it. I think I'd put myself up to that scrutiny. I think that's kind of like what we do on social media when you put yourself out there. <laughs> you're you're True. you're subjecting yourself to what the public thinks and their perception of what's out there. So I think I'd be willing to do that, but I think it would if I would continue in it would depend on what happens because you know but I think a lot of teachers would not want that. I I think that you and I have talked about teachers that are competitive with themselves and maybe with each other. But then there's also a whole segment of the population in general and in teaching that are not competitive and don't strive to be the best and want to just come on there and show up and do their job. So if we were to start giving teachers, let's just say $100,000 more a year, but they had to have more scrutiny. Wouldn't that then recruit people who were willing to take on the scrutiny to do a better job? I think Wouldn't in people- theory, I think in theory it sounds good. And I think in theory, before it actually happens, I think people would be like, yeah, this is great. But it depends. Again, we go back to depends on the scrutiny and who's scrutinizing, <laughs> you know? I think yeah. that's always what it what it comes down to. You and I just had a conversation. It's interesting to me, you know, we can be in one district that has one set of rules and you have one principal that does it this way and you have another principal who does it this way. And if I have to abide by this principal who says that I can I cannot use any outside resource, that's going to affect my outcome. If they are going to dictate and I use that that word intentionally, they're going to dictate what I can and cannot use and what I can and cannot put up on my walls and what I can and cannot say, that is going to affect my outcome and my attitude. But you're getting $100,000 more a year. I, I, over the last um, year, year and a half, I've supervised, been supervising teachers, um, student teachers, and I've had an opportunity to see different schools in our school district as well as in Northern Nevada. And I honestly, for $100,000 more, you couldn't pay me that much to teach in a school that's going to dictate to me what I can and cannot do. And I'll, and I'll tell you, you know, I'll, I'll tell you why, because I'm a professional and I'm really good at what I do. And that, that, that may sound arrogant. I don't mean for it to, I just have confidence in myself. I love teaching. I love teaching kindergarten. That's my passion. And I know how to do it. I know how to engage students. I know how to interpret data. I know how to use the data to drive instruction. I know how to remediate. I know how to extend. I, I'm confident in that. But if a, but if I go to a school that says, you're not allowed to use any outside resource. You have to follow PBIS or you have to follow this program and you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. I have no control over what's happening in my classroom. And as a professional, I should have that freedom to to choose how to teach, how to meet kids' needs. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that a little bit. You should have the freedom as long as you prove that your kids are growing. Because we know a lot of people have freedom and their kids don't grow. Mm -hmm. So then should we just give teachers more money without more scrutiny? Uh, because quite I, frankly, a lot of people aren't, aren't doing well. And if you look at our results, which yes, there's outside influences, everyone agrees, but should we give teachers more money with less scrutiny? You know, cause if you keep doing the same things that you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've got. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, because the first thing that comes to my mind when you're saying that is I'm like, okay, do we give. Do we give bonuses? Do we give bonuses to teachers who are meeting, um, you know, meeting expectations, going beyond expectations? And but then you run into um, teachers teaching to tests and teachers, yep. you know, and and so is that true mastery or is that work in the system? It's a little bit of both. And there there again, this is all the problem. So. If you wanted more money, if if educators, teachers, admin does not need more money. If you wanted more, there has to be some accountability or some checks and balances somehow. Because I have said, I wrote this in a book I'm working on, that there are people we used to work with. You could give them a million more dollars and they are not going to work harder. They are not going to do more. They will complain the same amount. All they'll be is more rich, but more themselves. Mm -hmm. So how are we going to improve this without more accountability? Because more money is not going to fix the problem. I really believe we've worked with some people. I can think of two right now. <laughs> they would not do anything extra, no matter how much money you gave them, nor would they change or anything like that. So without more scrutiny, should people get more money? Well, then another aspect is, is then if you give somebody extra money, then it's suddenly uh, favoritism or, you know, it, it's, it's why did they get that? And, and how do they, why did they deserve that? So yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. But if you, if you said, uh, uh, if you said everybody at our school back in the day, all teachers, every one of you, this would cause a whole nother problem. Every one of you is getting an extra hundred grand this year. I guarantee you two things would happen. One is the writers would keep writing and they mm -hmm. wouldn't change. And the people running would be mad that the writers are still making more money than they are, even with the extra hundred grand. Yes, I think that's true. And you and I had a conversation many years ago, and I actually had this with another colleague. Um, it was... It, it's very apparent when you're in a school, um, especially admin, you know who, who, what every teacher makes. You're aware of that. So you know who makes the most and you know who, you know, the new teachers are, are, hope, are most likely at the bottom. And so when I was in the district and I'll just, I'm, I have no shame. So I'll say this. Um, I was making $44,000. I was making $44,000. And I have been and the person right next to you was making teacher. almost double. Yes. And I have been teaching since 2004. And I have obviously everybody that well, most people that are teaching have a bachelor's degree of 
with with some port with some part of education. But I was making forty four thousand dollars, and I knew of people in our school that was like you said, making double what I was making. But I can't do with anything half the results. About, but I can't do anything about that. I can't. So I I always have taken on the attitude that I can only worry about myself. And so if I want to make a difference, if I if I want to make more money, what am I going to do? And what did I do, Robert? Now you, you answer quit that. Teaching and you're now doing independent contracting. Yes. And so I was able to take my talents. I didn't complain. I didn't whine. I didn't, I didn't go to people and say, I mean, one time I did have a conversation with a colleague and I said, do you know how much more, you make so much more money than me. I think you were listening, you were in your office and I was having a conversation. I was saying, we can't do anything about, you know, I think we were having a conversation about something the district was happy or something yes but something the district was implementing and and requiring us to do and it it was like whether you're making forty four thousand or whether you're making ninety thousand they still required it from both of us and i didn't i i I, there was nothing i could do about it so i could either stomp around and be miserable or i could choose to be happy and because i don't like being miserable i don't like being sad i don't like being whiny and so i choose to be happy and I I knew if I wanted to increase my income or I wanted to um, af- positively affect lots of students, it wasn't going to be staying in the classroom. And and I did. And yeah, you did. So and a I lot took of my people talent are. outside of the classroom. And a lot yeah. of teachers, you know, are doing that. They're yeah. they're they're leaving to to some are staying in education and just you know using their talents else, elsewhere. And do I think it's a, a tragedy? Yeah, I do. I oh, yeah, because you're losing good people out of the classroom. I mean, that happens. I guess I'm going down to where if more money isn't going to come with more scrutiny, then it's not going to fix the problems that we have right now with so many average to poor teachers who don't care, who are just riding the bus. Because, like, we have, you know, we're trying to move this bus forward. If if we're not number one in Clark County, well, then why? Second's the first loser. So we have this mantra, most of us, that where we want to be the best, but not everybody does. So how are we going to get rid of those people that don't, but yet recruit people that do when I kind of think that we think more money is not going to necessarily fix the problem. So again, it comes back to how are we going to fix the problem? I... I, I think this is a this is an extension of every episode that we've ever done. I don't know that the problem can be fixed because you can. It's like in the classroom; you're not going to have one hundred percent, one hundred percent of the time. That's just that's just not going to happen. Not, no. And so you've you've had the experience of being an assistant principal, a teacher in the classroom, an assistant principal, and then a principal. Um, and now you opened a brand new school and you had the opportunity to handpick every person on your staff. And even then you found there were people who were like, yeah, 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 that's what I want to do. Yep. But then it's it's really not the speed that they wanted to go. They yep. might They might have thought it was, or maybe their idea of speed and your idea of speed is two different things. That's what it is. They, they hear, I believe, 
you come in, you interview. Well, if you apply, you must want the job. You interview. And then I say, this is what we do. And I think a lot of people think there's no way they do all that. And then they get there and all of a sudden, the first day, yeah, we have kids running all over, doing things. And I think they think, holy cow, they really do do all this stuff. And they figure out real quickly that might not be their speed. But you're right. Even then, even getting to pick a whole new staff, I've still had to weed the garden. So I don't know. Again, how do we recruit talent? How do we get people into this field that aren't going to just be mediocre? You can't scrutinize them more because especially Gen Z. You can't scrutinize the Gen Zs. They can't handle it very well. Most of them, not all. You can barely scrutinize us. Mm -hmm. So how are, like, essentially what I see happening is states, uh, I saw a thing where they want to try to push for a 20% raise for teachers in Nevada. Mm -hmm. That's fabulous. Teachers deserve it, most of them. But what are we going to do for the teachers that don't deserve it? How are we going to get rid of them? And then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be basically recruiting, perhaps, cast-offs from other states or people that, you know, can interview well, but they can't, you know, they can't run when they need to. It's like, it's like you're like, you're picking off the bottom of the pile constantly. So no matter how much more money you give, I don't know where it's ever going to end. And to say, well, we need to scrutinize these people more. I don't think that's going to help either. Well, I think and we are seeing that in, in live action right now. I mean, I'm again, I'm I'm dealing with several schools here in our district in supervising student teachers. And I'm hearing about teachers that are coming from the I teach program and coming from teachers across, you know, teachers teach teach. Is it Teach for America? Teach what for is America. It? Teach for America. Um, different programs were, were, were trying to fast track people into the classroom. And people, I know that there are principals, I know of principals that are just happy to have a warm body True. in a classroom. True. So they... They would gladly pay the extra hundred grand just to have someone. Just to have somebody. And, and ultimately... Ultimately, it does impact education overall, because if you we know that the research shows that if a, if a child gets. Th- is it two years or three years, yeah. two years, if, if they have two years, consecutive years where they do not have strong quality teaching, that they are going to struggle, it is going to be a major problem. And so it does ultimately impact it could be from another school, Robert. You could have a student that was in kinder and first grade at another school that did not have strong teachers and then comes to your school in second grade and you could have the most amazing second grade teacher. But that ultimately is going to affect that teacher yep. and your school. And then I guess that goes back to it. Well, is that fair to quote unquote scrutinize that teacher when she's exactly. been Exactly. That's, that's what I'm given. saying. There's too many outside factors that play into, you know, initially it sounds good. I'm like, yeah, I would take a, I'd take that in a, but then when I think about it and I think about, okay, all the different aspects of, of scrutiny, who's scrutinizing, where it's coming from and the things that I don't have control over. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So you're like, you could say that too. Um, 
But yet, what we don't scrutinize, we have the eval, which is, you know, way long. You know what's not in there? Relationships. Can you build them? So Can you let me not? ask you a question about that. When was the last time that the evaluation system, particularly in our district, Clark County School District, when was it um, amended, changed, you know, it's adjusted? The basic structure was many, many years ago, at least 10 years ago, I would say. Um, they went to the new format, which has all of the standards and indicators. Um, when I first got – so. Let's say 10 years ago, because when I was first in AP, they had the old form where it was the boxes and then you wrote the narrative mm-hmm. and then they've, they got the new system, which they've adapted many times with what we as admin have to do. The SLG changes every year. For those of you who don't know, student learning goal, everyone has to set a student learning goal, one student learning goal. <coughs> um, so to answer your question, probably 10 years ago. And think about how much education has changed in the last 10 years. You know, like uh, the teacher, did they show up? Did they show up 90% of the time? mm -hmm. Did they, uh, can they build relationships? Did they make X amount of, I mean, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have the relevant system in there or the relevant parts. Well, that's, that's exactly, that's one of my initial thoughts as well is in 10 years, Students have changed and the system has changed. We're looking at, you know, I'm watching students in first grade this year that are struggling socially and emotionally because of the last three years. And so we don't take that into account. We're stuck in a system that was before 2020. And there's a lot of things that need to be adjusted and accounted for. I have been a huge proponent. And if anybody follows me and and they've taken my writing course, then they know how I feel about this. Robert, seven, eight years ago, when you went to Olive Garden, when you went to Chili's, kids were given a menu, a paper menu with crayons Mm -hmm. and, you know, little pencils, you know, um, Kids sat at tables and did tic-tac-toe and mazes and crossword now puzzles. On their phones. No, no, no. Now when you go to Olive Garden or you go to Chili's, your child is given a kiosk where they can continue to play digital well, learning true. games. Or they're the phone of their parents or their yes. own phone. And so we, in kindergarten, especially in, the, in those formative um, foundational years, we're seeing this huge, and I saw this before twenty before twenty twenty, but it's gotten even worse, I believe, since twenty twenty. We are seeing um, lack of stamina, lack of being able to focus for any amount of time, being able to um, attain to a task. Well, these are all little issues that we have seen come up and about. I just don't, and yeah. and, and and that's not being accounted for. In an observation. I agree. So I was just thinking here, if it was up to me, if I said, going along the lines of changing the eval, Abby, I'm going to pay you $100,000 more. I'm going to scrutinize you in four areas. One, communication with parents. Mm -hmm. Two, can you build relationships with kids? Mm -hmm. Three, can you build relationships with colleagues? And four, can you grow kids? Would you be willing to be scrutinized in those four areas? My initial answer would be yes. 
But here's where I always try to kind of play that devil's advocate and kind of see the opposite side. And so sometimes our our listeners, they're probably like, man, she always flip-flops. But I flip-flop because I have my own personal opinions. And But then I try to look at the other side, take on that other, that, that other perspective, so to speak, mm-hmm. to go along with the name of our podcast and kind of analyze, okay, well, what is it like on the other side? So for me, I think I would be willing to do that. But then I know of other teachers and even even a little bit of myself, it would be like, okay, well, what does collaborating with colleagues look like? Because what that looks like to you might look something different to me. I am very outgoing, Robert. We've talked about that, the seven and eight on the Enneagram. But you have somebody who's not, and it looks like they're not collaborating because they don't, they choose to stay in their classroom and do their thing and leave at the end of the day. And they don't really want to do a lot of interacting. So do they get points taken away for that? I don't think that's fair. But okay. <laughs> I, I'll take your perspective for a second and say, as an introvert at home, I understand that. But Maybe collaboration could be using Instagram to get more ideas somehow. Or maybe we could find a way for collaborating with colleagues to be more uh, global or have some kind of criteria. How about we just say, don't fight with your colleagues and don't cause drama? (laughs) Well, again, that's very subjective because your drama and my drama. Well, okay, but... I mean, we're going to go back to being parents, Robert, and and I'm going to do the 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 easiest thing. You have twins. You have two girls, yep. and one is going to be like, "Dad, I I think this is right," and the other one says, "No." So, is one wrong or one right? But then I mean, couldn't you they're, maybe they're, we can put in that resolving conflict appropriately? Uh, meaning that the teachers need to resolve the conflict among themselves appropriately again i think it's i think it's very subjective knowing working with people and you know this best of all because you've been an admin i don't think you're going you know it's i know the first thing that's going to happen robert is people are going to say well you have your favorites and they you you take their opinion because i know you take their opinion because you like them because because they this, because they that. and well, then because you have, they're runners and they cause me no problems and they don't well, cause any drama. But, okay, but that's, again, that's subjective because some people say, well, they're a runner because they make fancy anchor charts. And then somebody else is like, that's bull because their anchor charts, their kids can't even read. Because You know what I mean? So, so do you get what I'm saying? I'm saying that it's very subjective. I, I'm I'm there I'm there for content. I'm there for okay. the kids. I'm there to um I don't and and if you if you want to um make fancy anchor charts, I I great. I, I don't I doesn't bother Your me at all. Anchor charts were fancy. Well, but they were legible. Meaning that at- the <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that the kids could, uh, I think they when were it comes interactive. To, yes, yes, yes. So I just, we have this scale for people and we've talked about this. So I think it always, com- you know, comes back to, but thank goodness. Oh, let me finish my sentence. I think it always comes back to, it's subjective to who is doing the evaluating. Because, Absolutely. So it comes back to that. Absolutely. And I think, thank goodness we are in a district where you get to choose. If this principal is not the fit for you, 
if this school is not the fit for you, if your colleagues are not the fit for you, you have an opportunity to leave and go somewhere else. That's true. Meaning if you are not getting along with your first grade team, you can say, Robert, I would like a change. I think I would like to try fifth grade Mm -hmm. or I would like to try you know, being the STEM teacher. I think that is a, that that's a great thing about our district, Robert. I really, you know, I, I like you, but it's just, this is just too much for me. And I would rather be in a school where, where I have to turn my lesson plans in at nine o'clock on Monday and, and, and I don't have to do anything extra. I don't have to do. So I, I think it always comes, it's always going to come down to who is evaluating and this, and it being subjective. Well, and that kind of goes to one something I always say is that there's nothing, nothing equitable in education. You know, they want us all to use the same evaluation form, but someone who might be a 3.7 and highly effective, and I walk in and I'm like, how in the world did they ever get this? And people might do it to me on the other side. Like when they, when teachers leave and go somewhere else, how in the world did he ever, you know, do this, even though teachers year to year are different? Um uh, there's nothing equitable. There's nothing equitable between observers, schools, classrooms side by side. You don't have the same level mm-hmm. of kids as the person next to you. The other person next to you has different talent level. So you know, wrapping, on and on and on. So bringing that back to our very first question, is that the same as these athletes who are being who are being using these data points to evaluate. No, well, I, I, I'm going to have to say after having this conversation and after, after breaking it all down, there is no way because of all those factors that you would be able to manage a system like that because there's too many, there's, there's too many factors and there's too much sub- subjectivity. I will, I will take your perspective on this one. <laughs> There's some similarities, but it just gets me thinking, you know, how are we going to ever dig ourselves out of this hole? Because if more money is not going to fix the problem, people think more money fixes the problem. I do not believe it. I just wanted to throw this one out there. Mm-hmm. I think people will fix the problem. But how are we going to ever in today's world with, with Gen Z and scrutiny and and entitlement and things of that nature, how are we going to ever recruit enough good people? willing to reflect that can change the system and, and turn us around. And I think there's, there's an old saying that says like birds of a feather flock together. And I think that you attract people that have similar ideals and values. Now that doesn't mean that you're going to have everything the exact same, but I go back to, if somebody wants to be in an environment where they have freedom and where they have the ability to um, do what's best for kids and they have the ability to do room transformations, they might come to your school. They might not like it. They might say, it's just not for me. And on the other hand, there is going to be people that say, absolutely not. I I don't want to, I don't like that. I would rather work mm-hmm. under. So You're I think it's. Wrong. I think that's ultimately we're that's the perspective we're going to end with today Sounds- because um I I just I don't think there's an answer. I really don't. I wish there was. I wish every time we have you know we do a podcast, we record one. 
afterwards, I spend the next few days thinking about it and thinking, man, you know, what is the solution? What, what can we do? All, only thing I can control is myself. That's, That's the only true. thing I can control. So I'm going to continue reaching out to early childhood and kindergarten educators. I'm going to do my best to offer tips and tricks and, you know, the best that I can give and be a support to them. And I know that you're trying to make a difference in your school and with your teachers and your educators and your parents. And that's all we can do. That's all we can do. Well, that's true for now. We're going to keep trying though. We're going to keep, we're, I, I, we're, I would love to have your wife on, give her perspective of moving from elementary to middle school. And then we have another former colleague that we both worked with that is now in a different role at another school. And she has a totally different perspective. And I would love to, I would love to hear some other perspectives and see what other people have to say. So in the meantime, don't forget that no matter where you stand on the issues, it's all about perspective. See you next time.